You are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. It's a hot week, wasn't it? Weather was hot. That's supposed to kill Corona. So we're just, uh, and <laughs> I saw a meme the other day that said, Lord, whatever you're baking in Texas, it's done already. <laughs> so it's already, it's already finished. Well, I'm glad to see you. Uh, you know, we're just going to continue to move on, move forward. No, God has great things in store for us. And we're going to, we believe that. That's not something we say to, to make uh, people feel good. But we, we wake up every morning with expectancy. Amen? Some of, you, some of you are like, do we? Like, you need to. <laughs> Wake up every morning expecting something. Um, and expecting something good from God. Because he is a good father. And he loves us. And he has good things in store for us. And if you believe that, uh, you really believe that, you'll walk in that. You'll, you'll wake up when your feet hit the floor. You'll believe and begin to walk in the truth that God has good things in store for us. So I want you to believe that. I want you to, to step into that. Amen? Um, this, this, like I said, this week has been a very interesting, it's been an interesting week for me. I don't know about necessarily for you, but it's been interesting for me. I'm thinking about um, just all the things that happened. You remember I told you last week how you're supposed to shut off the news because a lot of bad news, shut it off. Uh, but there's just, you shut it off and there still some, be some things that can overwhelm you. Um, this week, um, I was thinking about some friends of mine that, um, that really good friends of mine that lost um, a loved one um, that was very, very close to them. That was actually supposed to be going to our church, but lost some, uh, the lost his little young girl. Um, and so that, that was a little overwhelming, trying to, trying to stand there and, be, and pray for them. Um, also, I was thinking about, you know, all the stuff that, uh, I had some uh, some close friends that have you know churches that have had some activities that got canceled because of the coronavirus and and then I'm thinking about the fact that the the CDC the society everybody's saying mask no mask do we, what do we do do we enforce it do we not and you know there's people that I see and I want to hug them because I'm a hugger I mean I'm not just a hugger I'm a bear hugger you know what I'm saying I mean I want to pick you up and 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 you know and hug you and break your back you know what I'm saying um, but like do I hug do I not hug? Do I do I shake hands? Do I not shake hands? Do I do I touch people just because I love to touch people? And that's what what Kevin was saying. I love to touch people. And I was thinking about that. And honestly, I just got discouraged there for a moment. <clears throat> I got discouraged there for a moment. And and so I'm sitting there in the silence, uh, just just sitting there, just just thinking about, man, Lord, what what is going on? And just just out of the silence, out of the the just quiet. Because sometimes, you know, our soul needs that, right? Just sitting there in the quiet. And I heard this quiet, old, familiar tune that came in, into my, my heart. It came like from the, out, from the bottom and then just up and just arose in my heart. And, and here's, here's what it says. Shackled by a heavy burden. Some of you know this song. Neath a load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. So if you know the song, sing it. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something, do you remember? Something happened 
And now I know He touched me and made me whole. Do you remember when He touched you? Do you remember? I want you to close your eyes right now. Just remember that time where He touched you, your soul. Just, just if you would, you close, close your eyes because it says, Since I've met this blessed Savior, since he's cleansed and made me whole, who oh, I will never cease to praise him. I'll shout it until eternity rolls. Sing it with me. He touched me like you mean it. Oh, he touched me, yeah. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Mm. And something, something happened. And now I know he touched. Come on, sing it. And me whole. Keep your eyes closed just for a minute. I can feel the Holy Spirit rushing into the room right now. Some of you need a touch from the very Spirit of God right now. You don't need to wait for something, but the Spirit of God, I can feel and know that he's rushing into this place right now. And if you need a touch from the Lord, it's okay for you to just lift your hand and say, God, I've got to have a touch from you this morning. Before we dive into any message, before we read any scripture, before we try to do it, Lord, I've got to have a touch from you this morning. So Lord, every hand that's raised this morning, I pray that you'd rush in on them right now. And we declare, Lord, that we need a touch from you. We need a move from you. And we know, Lord, that something has happened. And I'll knows, Lord, that you've touched us and you've made us whole. Some of us may be sick in our body. Some of us may have pain. Some of us may have emotional and, and, and some of us may have uh, pain going on in our mind, Lord, but we know that you've touched us and you've made us whole. You sent your word to heal us. And so I'm thankful for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. He's touched us. He's touching you right now. Just, we don't have to rush anything. Just he's touching you right now. Let him touch you. And now I know that he's touched me and he made me whole. Some of you, the young, young people may not have heard that, but I remember going to, just, keep, just stay here just in this moment. I remember going to a Benny Hinn uh, crusade and him singing that song and not even necessarily knowing anything. The Spirit of God rushed in that place and I knew something was different. And some of you may need, you've, you've had an old touch from a long time ago, like Pastor Kevin said, and the Lord wants to give you a fresh one this morning. Mm, anybody up for a fresh touch of the anointing of the power of the Spirit of God? I'm up for it. I'm up for Lord. So we just say we receive. Just say, I receive. I receive. Just out of your own mouth. You that are watching, just say, I receive a fresh touch of your anointing and power. Some of you may be thinking, oh, you're one of them churches. Yeah, we're one of them. We're one of those churches. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that he is alive and well and the gifts of the Spirit are for today. We believe that he still touches souls. We believe that he's changing lives. We believe that he still raises the dead. He's still uh, healing blind eyes, and he's still doing miracles and signs and wonders today. And we believe, we believe, we believe that his word is true. Amen? That should bear witness with something. You said, I said, bear witness with my neighbor's spirit. I don't know, but should bear witness with your spirit that God is doing that today. Amen? Amen. 
Amen, amen. Well, we're getting ready to dive into the message this morning. Uh, last week, we started a new series entitled Discovering Freedom, uh, and we're going to continue talking about that. It's an exciting time. The reason why we didn't just call it freedom or, you know, fighting for your freedom is because we, the Lord says, uh, the Bible says in Galatians 5.1 that it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. No longer to be entangled by the yoke of slavery, but he set us free. But it's our, it was incumbent upon us to be able to, uh, to discover it. What is the freedom that he has for us? And it's not freedom to do whatever you want to do. But it is freedom for you to walk in the will and ways of Christ, what he's called us to do. That's what the freedom that he's. So as you discover that, as you discover that freedom, you're going to see that it's a journey. It's not just necessarily an event like I've arrived. I'm free. It's a journey of freedom. And that freedom journey has to make it from your head to your heart that you know that he has set you free. And then sometimes he continues to take you on a journey of that freedom and it causes you to discover it. So I, I'm, what we say is I'm free today, but I'm more free than I was yesterday, but I'm not as free as I'm going to be because he continues to set us free, to make us free. He whom the Son has set free is free. Oh, say it like you mean it. He whom the Son has set free is free. Indeed, you are free. It's, indeed, you are free. And so that's why that's why it's, it's just important. Uh, while that is absolutely true, the Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief cometh not except for, that means that he only comes to do this, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the enemy comes to do. But then Jesus says, alone, as much as he has come to steal, kill, and destroy, he says, I have come that they might have life and they may have it more abundantly. So he's come to give us life, give us freedom, and the enemy he, all he wants to do is come and destroy and destroy what, what, what God has tried to has given us. And he can't do that. But listen, I want to tell you this. This is one of the most simplest messages, the part of the message that you need to get. Satan, bad. God, good. I know I sound like I sound like we're in a caveman, you know, dragging knuckles, you know. <laughs> Satan, bad. God, good. But it's true. It's true. We, you, I mean, you're laughing, but it's true. People don't necessarily stand it. We give Satan credit for stuff, you know, and we're just like, well, you know, it's, just, it's, it's me. And you try to put stuff on yourself. Satan does not fight fair. He hates you. He hates your guts. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy everything that is about your life. He, I don't know, I know the Bible says that he that keepeth Israel neither sleep, slumbers or sleeps. I don't know if Satan sleeps or not, but all I know is all he can think about is destroying you, destroying your home, taking out your family, taking out what God is trying to give, steal your peace, steal your joy, take from you. And that's all he does 24 hours a day. That's all he can think, think about is trying to do that. So if you you can get that in your mind. Somebody that is trying to take everything from you and destroy. He's vile. He's, he's evil. He's wicked. And so you got to understand that. We're not, we have to understand that. Amen? He doesn't fight fair. It's just, just the way he is. And, and as much as that, we are at war. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I was going to title this message, it would be like the rules of engagement, because we're going to talk about that today. We'll talk about the fact that how God has called us to fight. We don't have to necessarily fight for our freedom, but that you need to understand that we're in a war. You understand that? We're in a war. It's like, are we? You know, I thought, I thought we were in Tom Pete. Listen, because here's what's happened. I, when I'm talking about it being an interesting week, this is what I mean. 
I mean that I started thinking about all the stuff that's going on today. So going on that, that you start thinking about it. Start thinking about it. I, mean, I was as serious as still going on, the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I'm just like, I still believe that all lives matter. I still choose to believe that all lives matter and that whosoever believes on the, in the name of the Lord shall be saved. I still believe that. I'm not going to get behind anything that doesn't say you don't get to pick and choose what lives matter. God says all lives matter. Man, just the way it is. So I started thinking about that. I started getting a little bit angry about that. Then I started thinking about the whole deal with the white guilt stuff that's going on. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I, I, came, I saw pictures of, of white people in chains trying to identify with black people. And I just want to say something to you this morning. Stop it. <laughs> Absolutely stop it. There's no way. I mean, seriously, there's no, just stop it. I mean, if you don't hear anything else I say, don't do that. It doesn't help anybody. There's no, and I'm not saying, I'm proud of what, who God created me to be. Be proud to say anything else says this, that God didn't know what he was doing. That, oops, I messed up. I made some people white and some people black. No, he didn't mess up. You are beautifully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. I praise God that I'm wonderfully made, that he fashioned us. So be proud of that. Don't be trying to be like, well, I don't. Listen, everybody got the same opportunities. I'm just saying, you, you have to step in what God has for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So stop that. And so then I started thinking about that. And then I'm thinking about the coronavirus. And I started getting real mad about that. I'm just like, man, you have messed up my vacation. You done messed up my family time. I got to wear this mask that I can't breathe. My breath is bad already. Now I got to smell it all the time. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. I can't even, I'm saying stuff and I already mumble, but nobody understands what I'm saying now. You're laughing. I went to McDonald's two days ago. I ordered the number one. They brought out those two meaty, measy little burgers because they said I thought I ordered a number three. I did not order number three. Why? I had the mask on. And the Lord was like, dummy, why you got your mask on in the car? I don't know why I got the mask on in the car. I forgot to take it off. Like, Holy Spirit, you're supposed to be my guide. You're supposed to tell me I got the mask on. I got a number three instead of a number one. I want a Big Mac. They gave me the little two little deal and the pickle was hanging off the side and, and I'm mad and there's no reason for me to necessarily be mad. I'm angry. And I'm sitting up there like, what in the world is going on? Now, you're laughing, but you know the truth. Some of you are angry right now about stuff that's going on. And I'm telling you what, as soon as I'm sitting there angry, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and this is what he said. And I want you to hear this this morning. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, it's not your fight. I go, what are you talking about? What do you mean, Holy Spirit, is our fight? He goes, you, you're getting mad at the wrong people. You don't get mad at people because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't fight against people. If you can pinch it and it jumps, if you pinch it and it screams, it's not your fight. Because we wrestle against powers and principalities and rulers of doctors and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's who we're fighting against. And so, therefore, we got to realize and get our, our eyes off of people and getting mad at people and realize that we need to get angry at the devil and get, begin to fight because God has called us to fight. Take up your swords and fight against the enemy that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. That's what I'm talking about this, this morning. Rules of engagement. Now, I want you to turn in your Bibles um, to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Now, as you're turning there, I want you to hear this. I'm not going to hold you long, but I do want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. In every fight that I've ever had in my life, I'm talking about a physical fight. Every fight that I've ever been in, 
there has always been an instigator. I'm serious. And, and here's how it is in my, in my time when I'm fighting. So there's always been somebody that's trying to egg me on to fight. And it was always somebody who I didn't care for in the first place, but they would say things like, ooh, you're going to let them get away with that? Ooh, he said that about your mama. You're going to let them say that about your mama? Oh, man, you're going to let them get away with that stuff? And you go, oh, I can't believe you think that. He, Woo, he think he better than you. Hey, you bigger than him. You could take him. There's always been an instigator. This morning, I'm the instigator. I'm going to instigate till you get mad enough till you want to fight the enemy and take back everything that he has stolen from you and get back land that he's stolen, time that he's stolen, family that he's stolen. I'm hoping you're getting mad enough that you walk out and you bust through the doors and there's some kind of theme music that comes on that causes you to pray like you've never prayed before, worship like you never worshiped before, and get in the word like you never have before so you can fight against the wiles of the evil one that comes against us. So I'm saying this to you this morning. You're going to let him talk about you like that? You're going to let the devil steal that from you? You're going to let him take your joy? You're going to let him take your peace? You're going to let him take uh, finances and steal the economy? You're going to let him get away with that? The answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, so, so here's, here's, here's what we're, I want to read in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It's a familiar passage, but I want you to hear it. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of this, therefore, uh, and it's, all, it's so important that you realize that therefore, that, then, and I want you to stop and think up here just for a minute. When you talk about the armor, the whole armor of God, how many know we got to put that on every day? I'm, I'm going to say it again. we got to put the armor on every day because the enemy does not take, he doesn't take any, any naps or he doesn't take a break. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all, everybody say all, all, all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And here's how we fight. Listen at this. It gives us instructions. Pretty clear how we fight. And it's, it's important because somebody's like, well, how do I fight? What is it, what is it that, I, that I need to do? And as you take up, it said praying, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And this is what he said, and pray for me, and for me, that, you got to pray for me, that utter, my utterance may, be given, utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. God wants the gospel preached. We got to stand up and do that. So he's saying, pray for me that I also do this, for which I am an ambassador in change, that I in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So, my first point is one that I've already said is this. Our fight is not against people. We're not wrestling against people. Um, and we are, we're fighting against those, spirit, those rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness and, heavy, and heavenly places. So it's important for us to realize that and take a stance against it. Where does that fight occur? In our mind. One time I was, I was, um, I was uh, praying and I've, I had this vision 
and I was walking about and there was this, this, this field and it was full of like cannons and dents and, in, and trees that were down and it just seemed like it was just an awful looking place. It looked like a battlefield. I'm like, okay, God, where is this battle? Where is this? This must be one, some famous battlefield that has happened. Where is this? This is like the battle of the, the, the bulge. What is, what, what battle is this? <laughs> he goes, this is your mind. This has been your mind. This is where some, some intense battles have taken place in your thinking. I go, my mind? He goes, your mind. I'm taking you to this place. Which, and he was like, man, seemed like we won some and we lost some, you know? <laughs> we lost some. We've lost, seemed like we lost more some, sometimes. And then we, he goes, this is the place. Everybody's trying to think about, oh, I got a this, I got a that. But the mind is the battlefield that we fight. Every morning, every day, there's a battle that goes on in your mind. That's why we put on the helmet of salvation. And your mind is saved, is being saved, and it continues. God has, has saved us. And it's being saved. We're continuing to have to fight the enemy in our mind. Do you know that every thought that you have is not necessarily your thought? Amen. Do you know that? Sometimes, sometimes, this is what I hate about the enemy. He doesn't fight fair. He'll put a thought in your mind and make you think it and then make you feel bad for thinking the thought in the first place. Isn't that right? That's how the enemy, he just, I mean, he doesn't wait to be like, oh, he's down. Everybody stop kicking him. He's down. No, he, he doesn't fight. He's trying to do everything he can to wipe you out. And so, therefore, we're not fighting. That's a battle place. It's not, you're not fighting against people, but you have to war in the spirit, against, in your mind. My parents are uh, pastoring a church in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And it's a part of a, um, a branch of their, of their victory church. And I was... Um, uh, they asked me to come preach there, and I was like, man, Pine Bluff, there's like, there's like not anything good in Pine Bluff, Lord. I'm like, I don't even know how to encourage them. There's not anything good that comes out of Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I mean, seriously, it's like what they said about Jesus. It's like, is there anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, I said it about Pine Bluff. I'm like, man, Pine Bluff is like the armpit of the nation. I would just think that it was just like, it, I would, I'm just serious. It was just nothing good. My parents were like, we went to college there. They went, both went to college at UAPB, University of Pine Bluff. My mom, I said, graduated, magnum cum laude. Uh, my dad graduated, thank the laude. Because uh, he, he, <laughs> he barely made it. He told me that. He goes, man, I graduated, thank the laude. You know, I don't know if they give out anything for that, but that's what he said he graduated. He graduated now, here's what, this is what I was thinking. So I was like, Lord, how do I encourage him? What do I say to him? And this is what he said to me. He goes, he goes I want you to read some history about, about, about Pine Bluff. And so I went back and I read some history about Pine Bluff, and they had a battle, a major, a major battle in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Here's what happened. The Confederates were moving, were, were coming in. The people from the north, obviously, the Union was coming in. And, and it was a made, cotton was a major industry. They were trying to, you know, they were trying to enlist the, the slaves and different ones to, to try to fight. This was in 1863. And the very thing, what happened was, is they had this cotton bales that were all around. And so they used, they turned over, they stopped working, and they turned those cotton bales over, and they began to use those cotton bales as a barrier, a barrier to fight back and hold off the, in, the enemy. And so I thought about that for a minute. 
And I, the Lord said to me, he goes, I will cause you to be so free that I will use the very thing that was used to enslave you, the cotton, to be a barrier to use to fight against the enemy. So I want to tell you that the very thing that the enemy has tried to use to keep you down and to keep you at a place of despair and in a place of destitution and in a place where you can't move forward, he'll turn those things over so that you can use them to be able to fight against the enemy. Some of you are walking in some depression. Some of you may be walking in some despair. Some of you may be walking in some things that God has not called you to walk into. But I know my God in whom I have believed that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. And he'll use those shackles and turn them into weapons so that you can fight against the enemy that is trying to take away everything that you have. So now the one thing that was kept was used to keep you in bondage. Now he's saying, I'm using those shackles to cause you to rise up and step into a battle that I've already won, says the Lord. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Some of you are in a place where you're just like, man, I don't know how to fight. Listen, I, I mean, you get in a place where you got to fight, man, you'll start using anything. You understand? You get down. When I was in Houston, we had, I had a, this a guy, we had a neighborhood, every neighborhood's got a bully, right? Everybody just seemed like the enemy just loves to have a bully, neighborhood bully. Well, in Houston, mine was named Ivan. Ivan was across the street, and that, bro, that dude, was just, he was just bigger than me. And, um, and he would, he'd come over, and I'd be playing tanks, because I love to play tanks, and he'd take my tank. He'd throw it up against a tree. I'd just be out there playing. And he'd just take my little, don't feel sorry for me, because there's a fight coming. So anyway, I, <laughs> it's a fight coming. You just, you know, it's one of those deals where it's just like, go ahead and cue the Rocky music. You know what I'm saying? Just, and so we're sitting there, and I'm playing tanks. Ivan, every day, would come, he'd take my tank, and he'd throw it. He'd be like, my tank is better. And I'd be like, so it got to the point where I didn't even want to go outside. And my mother was like, Chris, how come you're not going outside and play? And I was just like, well, I just don't want to. She goes, well, you always love to play. Why are you not going outside? I go, I'm just going to stay in the house. She goes, no, you're not. You're not staying in the house. You get outside. And then all of a sudden, my big mouth brother goes, he mad because Ivan been taking his tank and throwing it away and throwing it up against a tree. And he don't want to go outside because he don't want to have to, uh, have to fight Ivan. So I'm like, <clears throat> shut your mouth. I don't want mom to know that. She goes, is that true? I go, yes, ma'am. She goes, you're going outside. And she goes, you're either going to fight Ivan or you're going to fight me. And you don't want to fight me. And so she said, you're going to go outside. Take your tank and go outside and play. And so I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't want to fight him. And so she goes, you need to go outside. So I did. I'm out there. And all of a sudden, like, cue the music. And I can hear it. You just cue the music. Here it comes. Here it comes. I know you're going to take my tank. And so all of a sudden, I'm sitting there. He grabs my tank, and I take it back. His eyes get big. And so I'm going to tell you guys something right now. The enemy's eyes are going to get big because some of us have never fought before. He's used to taking stuff from you. But the minute you stand up to him, I'm telling you, begin to stand up to him in prayer and supplication, his eyes are going to get big. And that's what happened with Ivan. His eyes got big. He go, he, he, and he took it back. And I grabbed the tank again. We fighting with no words at this point. He took his tank, my tank. I took it back. And then all of a sudden, he pushed me up against a tree. And I came back, and I bounced off the tree, and I actually ran into him. And I didn't even mean to, but I did. I pushed him back. And he, he stepped back. And he looked at me. His eyes got big. My eyes got big. 
So all of a sudden, he grabbed me, and I grabbed him, and we began to tussle. And that's when the music comes on. So we're wrestling. We're tussling. And all of a sudden, he threw me down on the ground. But all of a sudden, I countered weight and threw, and I got on top of him. And he threw me, and he got on top of me. Then all of a sudden, I was waiting for him to punch me. And out of the distance, out of the clear blue yonder, came my big brother, Tony. Tony grabbed him by the neck and snatched him up, and we commenced to beat on him like he stole something. <laughs> there was a jab, then I gave a jab. We was like working like John Henry, hitting him, bam, bam. We, so we wore him out. And guess what? Ivan never came into the yard again because he knew that he had double for his trouble. So I want to tell you this morning that whatever the enemy has tried to steal from you, your big brother says already fought for you and he's already won the battle for you and he stands in the place of victory and he says this, I have already won so let's go to work. Let's fight like we've never fought before. Let's go ahead and take what, what the enemy has stolen from us and say I, I'll be a, 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 a monkey's uncle if I have to stand here and take again what the enemy has tried to steal from us. And I'm telling you what, God is not one. It's time for the church to take her rightful place and begin to fight like she's never fought before and take back what the enemy has stolen from us. Every one of you have an Ivan in your life or have had one, and God is saying no more. No more. Which brings me to my second point. My second point is this. We have already won and we fight from victory. Amen? Amen? Yeah. We fight from victory. You know, one of the things that's so important, and I heard this when it's looking at the military, there's a, a documentary that was talking about what the Air Force and the different ones, of these, these uh, army, the military, they go in and they just drop bombs on the enemy and they, and they wipe them out. But there's still some insurgents that try to stay and occupy because they don't want to leave. They've already won. It's over. But we got to drive out the inhabitants, those that want to try to stay in the land. And so that's our job. This is that, again, my second point is this. Jesus has already won the victory. He, we already win. So we have to stand and fight. Having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins girt about with truth. Not a what, but a he. His name is Jesus. Is the truth that you stand in his word and you fight with Jesus didn't stand there and have a conversation with the devil. Do you understand that? He said, it is written. I want you to say it with me. It is written. That's what he said. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We fight from that place with the word of God. When the Bible, when Satan tries to come and say that you're worthless and you're nobody, you say, no, I'm, I praise God because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Nobody likes you. No, nope, I'm accepted in the beloved. Well, you know what? You're not smart enough. Well, I don't know. I have the mind of Christ. He says that I can think his thoughts. Well, you know what? You'll never get that job because you'll always be broke. Well, my daddy owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And David said, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. And the Bible says that his name is Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider and his grace is sufficient for me. And he shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glories by Christ Jesus. Well, you know what? Your family has been messed up and therefore you always, all you've been broke. You never had anything your whole life. Well, the Bible says that those generational curses are broken. Cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. So every curse that you're trying to 
to put on me was nailed to the cross. And therefore, I'm free because God has set me free. Well, 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 what about the coronavirus? All I know is that he's a healer and he sent his word to heal my disease. But what about the economy? Well, the Bible says that he sits on the circle of the whole earth and that he knows exactly what's going on. And therefore, I can trust in him. But who can you run to? Who can you trust? Well, some people trust in horses and some trust in char and chariots, but I'm going to trust in the name of my God. Well, yeah, but is his name really great? Um, it's a strong tower and the righteous can run into it and be safe. Well, what about everything else that's going on? I don't know, Satan, but I got something for everything you try to come up against because the Bible says that I'm an overcomer. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be their God and they will be my people. But really, are you the people of God? Yes, because the Bible says that I'm blessed and that he called me. I'm a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed going in, blessed going out. Wherever I set my hand to, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And that's when the Bible says that the devil leaves because he's looking for another opportune time. But that's when I go, you come back. I got more for you. <laughs> Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I feel like every time I quote the scripture, I'm cutting him somewhere. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you here. Turn around so I can get you in the back. I hadn't, there are no cut marks yet. You know, I'm trying to get him because I'm tired of him taking from my brothers and sisters. Amen? I'm tired of them not being free. I'm tired of us being stuck and trying to act like we're stuck. We're not stuck. We advance. I'm not going to sing onward Christian soldiers, but you know what I mean. <laughs> My last point is this. Because we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight from victory. And the last point is this. We have authority. Amen? He has given us authority. He said, I've given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And that doesn't mean that the devil doesn't have power. Amen? He has power, but we have power over the enemy. Amen? So therefore, we, we, have, we have power. And this is what I love. Revelation 12, 10. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read it to you. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who has accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Isn't that good news? Yes. Been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 says this, though we walk according, we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. I quoted this earlier, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Say that word with me, mighty. Mighty, mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down every argument. Look up here just for a second as we get ready, we get ready to take communion here in just a minute. But think about this, every argument, every thought, that exalts itself against the knowledge of who you know Christ to be, of what the word of God says Christ is. Every argument, cast it down. That thought, you know if it doesn't originate, if it's not God's thought, cast it down. Every argument. There's arguments that go on in our home. Vanessa and I have had arguments. Can I just tell you, she is the best arguer <laughs> in the whole world. I don't think I've ever won one. I'm serious. I don't think I've ever won one. She's just good. I'm like, where do you come up with this stuff? 
you know, about anything. She's just good. She's good at it. And so I'm just saying she's so good. She can come back. I mean, I've, I've said I'm, one time I thought for sure I had her. I'm in evidence. I'm talking about I'm in the room going like I'm writing this down because I know she done thought about this. I know she hadn't thought about this. I know she hadn't thought about it. All of a sudden, she'll sling around and say something, and I'd be like, just stop me in my tracks. And she just is good. I'm telling you what, the enemy is tried, it tries to do the same thing to us. Now, I'm not saying my wife is enemy, so don't hear me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is, is that when the enemy comes in with, with arguments, you have to be ready with the word of God to be able to, to just a showdown. Gone, just guns drawn. Yeah, this is what the enemy, this, I, this is what you said, but this is what God says. This is what you've said, that this is what God said. And you got to be able to do that. So we have authority to be able to do that through the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? So we have that authority. And here's what he says also, is that he has disarmed him. He's disarmed. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, but every tongue that rises up against you in judgment we condemn. There's no weapon, even gun. Guns, whatever weapon the enemy tries to do, tries to put upon you, it's already, he's been disarmed. And then he made a spectacle of him, triumphing over him in it. So the enemy has been defeated. And here's what I know. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the evil one, of the devil. So he's been, I'm telling you, that's, what it, that's what's going on. We have authority. Use that authority. Amen? Use the authority that God has given us. And he'll say, all authority has been given to him. He gives it to us. A lot of times, honestly, I want y'all to listen to this. A lot of times we don't walk in that authority. Either we don't believe it or we don't know we have it. Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org give.